I guess we'll do it that way. What's up? How are you, John? What's up? Doing excellent. How about you? Excellently. Well, I wouldn't go that far. Oh, okay. <laughs> my uh, my dog got fixed, you know? Yeah, I do know. So less than an hour ago, I was like uh, reattaching his cone to his head and mm. spraying his dingus down with some wound care. Oh. It's horrible, man. It's horrible. Yowza. This This dog we got, it's like a poodle mix, you know? And he had uh-huh. these like truck nuts, oh, you know? He had these like gross. big, bold powerful Ew. dog testicles hanging down Ew. not anymore as of a couple days ago they just went in there and yanked him out Ew. now he's got this soggy old prune dangling where his big proud nuts used to be it's, it's a travesty like it's a travesty I don't like any of this at all I, I hate it all he doesn't know the difference he's chipper he's so pissed about this cone on his head because he keeps banging uh, into everything he can't uh-huh. eat he can't really drink uh-huh. everything's a hassle you know i see i see anyway what's going on with you Nothing. I'm looking for. Uh, I'm looking for a little thing. I'm looking for a little thing that I'm going to read you. Hold on. It's a letter I wrote to Future Zay. I wrote this letter to Future Zay. I thought you might like it. Future Zay is. Are you Future Zay now? As far as this letter is concerned. Yeah. Effectually. Uh, effectively. Yeah. That. That's why. Or was this a recent? No. I wrote it. Um. I wrote it. I'm looking for it. I'm looking for it. I wrote it with the intention of reading it one day to myself you know sure i've done that before all the letters start hey dumbass yeah exactly so john i wrote i wrote a little note to myself on 12 29 19 it's like a month ago yeah exactly okay almost a- <laughs> i was thinking this yeah, is like little- written in crayon from like six-year-old zay no it's no, like no, four no, weeks no, no. ago yeah but 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 eventually it won't be four weeks ago. Okay, okay. No, I just I wrote it because it was I was I had a moment of clarity. I had a moment okay, of clarity okay. in my okay. mind and I thought, I need to remember how this feels. Gotcha. Hit us. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. And I'm now reading this letter to you and to our audience. Okay, so really quick, before we jump into it, John, I today I finally edited the episode that we that we that we buried right buried an episode everyone knows part two never came out part two never came out part three got recorded and buried as well because i was in a bad mood because big update everybody rollers didn't get into south by southwest everyone knows that if they're paying attention which is about zero people because (laughs) south by announced their lineup and rollers was not a part of it so we recorded an episode john the day that i found out do you remember that yeah what was it called fuck the world yeah, something like that. And that's the basic gist of that episode. And I went back, and I don't think it's super useful, but we also recorded an episode before we knew what was going to happen with South By. Mm. And it was still a little bit fuck the worldish. And the irony, of course, is that this was written before I knew about South By, okay? Right. Um, this this is a, a note to say. Oh, I didn't tell you about the play. Oh, man, there's so many things we got to talk about, John. But I'm going to get this out of the yeah. way because I think – it's been a tough. Everybody knows it's been. It's been. Life is hard. Life is tough. Huh? You know what? People, are, dogs are getting their balls chopped off and stuff. <laughs> I mean, come on. True that. 
Some person probably got their balls chopped oh, off today. No. I mean, you know, it's a thing that happens. You know, I shouldn't say this, but it, I didn't see the video. But apparently there's a video going around of a child molester in South America getting uh, emasculated by a pit bull. Oh. Cartel, baby. They're not messing around. Yowza. If it's true, if the guy did this, it's like, eh, you know, probably deters uh, other people. Yay. All right. Well. Anyway, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> No, 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 it's fine. On that note, John, I'm now reading this to you. I'm reading this as... um, (coughs) To current or future, John? To current, John, because... Because, because, uh, not to put you on the spot, but earlier you said you were feeling a little bit of self doubt, uh, and I know what that feels like. And uh, that's because I was uh, face. I had my face in a dog's crotch, and I was spraying him down with peroxide. <laughs> that's about just kidding. That's not why. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so. Oh, I was thinking earlier. Oh, this is so gross, but. Someone I know who has a baby, and it wasn't you, yeah. although I'm sure you can relate to this, was saying that wiping a baby's butt is very gross. Sure. But it, how much more gross would it be if their butts were hairy? Ooh, and I was like, people do that. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking the only people wiping hairy butts should be medical professionals. Sure. But anyway, um, so, okay, here's a note to Zay. This is a note that I wrote when I was in a moment of clarity. It, it applies now more than ever, John, because I don't know, as people will find out when they listen to this last episode that we were about to release, mm. no one's heard that episode mm. yet. We're going to release it. I just episoded it. Episoded it? Mm. Recorded sure. it today. Mm. Okay. Note to Zay. Stop thinking about the future. Stop making plans that you have no ability to put into action. Stop worrying that there won't be enough for you and those you love when there is and there always has been more than you need. Stick to your word. Don't promise things you can't deliver, and you never have to worry about failing or letting people letting people down. Stick to your principles, not your guns, and no one will ever be able to take anything away from you that's important. Be totally honest. Be completely convicted in everything you do. Let go of all attachments. It's okay to desire things, especially the things that last, like love, joy, and peace. It's even okay to want to do great work that moves people, but there's no need to take that desire into the f- future tripping in your head any further than those most basic desires. I got to delete that <laughs> sentence. Okay. Whatever. Let's just leave all of this junk it in actually, here. I love it. This is the real it process, It makes sense, people. too, though, to me. I mean, I know what you were saying. Yeah. You're thinking, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever is supposed to happen will happen, and you have no control over it. You've got one choice to make. Either ride the wave wherever it takes you or thrash around and get slammed into the coral. Drink your juice. Enjoy the woman you married. If you have kids, great. Better for them to respect and love you than to be your friend. If you don't have kids, use the extra time to help other people who do, who have other needs as well. If you end up with a shit ton of money, enjoy it. Buy some fun stuff you've always wanted, mainly so that you can realize that the stuff won't make you happy and then move on. Once that's over, start figuring out some fun ways to put the money to work for people so that they will also be able to do what they love. If you end up broke, good. Having lots of money sounds like it would be really hard anyway. (laughs) If you're lucky enough to make work that inspires people, cool, but don't let it go to your head. Probably best, in fact, to stay out of the spotlight except in very strategic ways. Show the world a character if you have to, but never let them see too much of you or else they'll have too much control over your innermost self and you will change in ways that you don't want to. If you end up dying in obscurity, good. Then there's no risk of anyone putting you on a pedestal and thinking you were something you weren't. Live by this. If people want to know what you think about important topics, stick to the good books and never say any more than you have to. 
With much wisdom comes much vexation, and talking will only be, bring trouble that you don't really need. Of course, this is ironic because it's a podcast, <laughs> but whatever. <laughs> Remember that all you're here to do is point the world to the great Christ, the principle, the source, the Tao that is already inside of you and them. Do not even give people the opportunity to worship you because it will only rob them of a piece of their souls. It will also rob you of yours. Remember that you are only here on the earth, in this body, in this house, in this career, because you've been given a great and wonderful gift, one that can be traced back to the most distant reaches of history, far before ancient ancestors clawed their way out of the primordial ooze. You stand on the shoulders of billions and billions of years of hard work and suffering, so stop looking for a destination. Stop looking for the point when you'll feel established on solid footing. Stop looking for everyone and everything around you to make you feel better about being you, about being in your body, about being in your mind. You have been given an astonishing privilege. You are in the top 1% of the top 1% of the top 100 millionth of a percent of the most privileged creatures to ever live in this entire universe. You were born on planet Earth, the most amazing planet we've yet found. You were born healthy, to a loving family, in a stable home, in a peaceful country, you were born a tall white male in a place and time that gives additional privilege to people who are tall white males. You have more social mobility and opportunity than nearly anyone who's ever lived. In addition, you were born into the most exciting and awe-inspiring time in human history, and you did not work for or choose any of this. Because of all of this, you've also been granted the opportunity to develop gifts of intelligence, wisdom, and emotional maturity. You have the time to dive deeply into the exploration of the most wonderful mysteries of the cosmos, both in the far reaches of the universe and in the darkest corners of the human soul. So stop waiting for the cavalry. The cavalry is you. You are the torchbearer. You are here to help other people, not to be helped. As St. Francis of Assisi said, O Divine Master, grant that I may not so much seek to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive, it is in pardoning that we are pardoned, and it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. Zay, you have been given unimaginable gifts, so use them well. Enjoy the living shit out of them. Gather ye rosebuds while you may, biatch. Do not tarry. Do not waste even a single minute tearing down a barn full of grain only to build a bigger and more useless one. Don't waste a single second chasing the even sillier human concepts of fame and glory. Live your life to the fullest. Behold what the Creator has done, and work like crap to build upon it further in every area of your life. Do this in relationships and work, and in every other tiny and wonderful way that you are uniquely capable of contributing to the great unfolding of the ever-expanding cosmos. Be the light of the world. Shine a light in the darkness, whether that darkness is found inside your soul, your past, or in the cavernous halls of the unjust establishment. Shine a light. Let the light of the Creator shine through you, and behold, enjoy and taste whatever it is that He will show you, because all of it is good. That's my note to myself. And now that you've read it aloud, what do you think? I like it. I'm glad I wrote it. I don't feel that way today. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't have written it today. <laughs> Why? Because I'm not, I don't know. I'm not feeling that clear today. You know, I was feeling very clear. I, I saw into the future on the 29th. I said, Oh, this is what's important. You know, it was one of those days where I was like, fuck all the other stuff. This is what's important. Right. Today, I don't know if I can honestly say that. Today, I'm yeah. kind of like a little bit worried about money and stuff. You know what I mean? 
Well, which is why I'm glad that that exists because I can read it to myself, right? And be like, oh, that's right. That feels better than this, right? The the place I was in then is better than the place I'm in now. Maybe what do I have to do to get back to that place? Isn't that sort of the problem with these like great insights? You know, because it's funny. I was thinking the exact same thing listening to that. I was like, this is a hundred percent true, and I've I know this mindset, and it's. It's without a doubt true. You know, it is way better to live mm-hmm. in the moment and not worry and not fret. But like you said, now it's a month later and life's real and it's difficult. Right. And so it's the knowing right. and the doing. Because what does it look like every day to live that way? I don't, it's so right. difficult. It is difficult. I I don't think there's an answer. As as Seth Godin, we were listening to a podcast mm. who was interviewed on the moment. Uh, he said, "You don't go to a marathon coach, a running coach, and say, teach me how to run a marathon without getting tired.' Right? You say, tell me where to put the tired.' I think that's a brilliant insight, and I think in a way that's what I'm trying to capture when I write weird things like that to myself. Is like, just remember." why you're doing this and it isn't because some programmers at a film festival are going to validate your existence Mm -hmm. that's not a thing that is a non-issue it's a non-starter what's a real starter is you love what you do you're incredibly privileged you have nothing to worry about and not only that it's not even like there are starving children in china you should eat your dinner it's not like that it's like my dinner's good why wouldn't i eat it Oh, the only reason I wouldn't eat it is because I'm thinking about that one time when I had steak and it was better. Well, fuck that. I like this just as much. So I think I wrote that. I write things like that to myself because I love the idea of reminding myself it's not just like Ralph Waldo Emerson that can achieve that level of peace in his soul. I can do it. I have done it. I don't remember doing it right off the top of my head right now, but as long as that thing exists... I can go back to it and be like, oh, yeah, Zay, you are strong enough to do this. It's like when you run a marathon. Well, I've never run a marathon. But you do hard things, and you're like, I have done this before, and it was worth it. I don't have to understand right now why it's worth it. I just have to trust myself that it was worth it last time and that when it's over, it'll be worth it this time. You know? Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree. I mean, I, I think for me – it's just a daily practice, you know, it's, 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 it's little teeny tiny mindset shifts that happen here. I think I wrote another thing. Let me see if I can find it. This is another thing I wrote. This is, this is in my handwriting, which means I'm going to have a hard time getting through it. Okay. At times I've been legitimately concerned that I was losing it multiple times. And only in hindsight, do I realize how close I really did come. Thank God I actually survived it all. This was written on January 11th. Uh, Right now, I feel like having the same kind of experience, the same kind of spiritual awakening that I have had several other times, the awakenings that made me feel genuinely concerned that I might be having some sort of psychological break. And in many ways, this experience feels very similar to those. I feel distant, almost outside my body. This isn't a great description, but it's a tough sensation to put into words. Another idea that comes to mind is that at many moments right now, I feel incredibly aware, um, consciously of the strange mystery that I am not my body. Mm-hmm. My, my consciousness inhabits my body, 
yet it is an entirely separate entity. I feel, somehow physically, that my body is merely a sack made of skin, full of bones and muscles and nerves and organs that allow my consciousness, whatever that may be, to interact with the world, whatever that may be. But my consciousness is totally separate. You know, I know this is intellectually true, but I also, for the first time at least, um, with this degree of clarity, can feel it in my body. Like, there are times when I can feel that I'm separate. Anyway, I find that interesting because that's the same kind of stuff. It's like, so, I don't know, and, and I think the, the last thing I'll say on that is I, w- I was listening, um, so, for instance, suffering, yeah. right? I think this is what I, where I was going with that. The pain that I feel, you know, I was writing outside, the pain that I feel in my cold hands and my achy shoulders is not actually painful if I just remember that my hands and shoulders are perfectly fine. They're just talking to me. What I still have, what I still have a hard time making sense of is how does this connection exist? The brain, Sure but really how does it actually work? My guess is that the answer is not to be found in my thinking brain, in my thoughts, but rather in my deeper consciousness, in me, that, again, I have no idea what that is. Somewhere inside of me, though, that connection exists. Um, And it exists in me and between me and all other people. And art, I think, this is where I was really going, you know, art and suffering have this way of bridging that gap. And so that's where I find the connection to feelings and the cycles of the moon and my dog and my sense of right and wrong and the collective unconscious and the collective joy and suffering of being human. How strange is it to think that there lies reality? My brain is not the gateway through it. My thinking and my intellect will never get me there. Just like a computer will never really be able to experience the joy of picking a fresh apple from a tree and biting into it or the experience and deep calming joy of John Coltrane's saxophone as he plays My Little Brown Book with Duke Ellington. Apples and music don't need to exist, and they definitely don't need to be beautiful, but they are. They also, when my mind is finally quiet enough, are able to serve as a mini-portal into that other dimension, whatever that may be. I hope one day to be there always instead of rarely. Mm. Yeah. You know, is this boring? I feel like I'm just like reading out of my diary. It's weird. <laughs> well, if it is, we'll take it out. If it's not, we'll leave it. I mean, I guess this is kind of what people signed up for. This whole fucking podcast is a diary. Anyway, so th- in some ways, that's kind of answering your question is like, I'm not there mm-hmm. all the time, but I think I'm there a lot more than I used to be. I used to be there 0% of the time, right. John. You know, I used to be there never except in that like 10 minute window where I had had just enough alcohol and not too much. There was like 10 minutes where I was like, oh, this is life, baby. And then it was gone. And now I'm like, I'm there, I don't know, maybe like a solid 10 minutes a day. Sans alcohol. That's pretty sweet. You know, I'm getting there. Ten old- wow. I mean, dude, well, I meditate, you know, I do other stuff. Like, it's not always easy. Like, I don't know, my dog is dying right now. Oh, which is like, I know, it's terrible. He's dying. But you know what? There are these moments where I'm just sitting with him and I'm looking at him and he's not worried, you know? And I'm like, this is some good shit, dude. I have this weird, completely inexplicable connection with this animal. It makes absolutely no sense. And yet it is, it's real. Whether it's a a simulation or not, it's completely irrelevant to me because I'm experiencing it. 
And that's some real life shit, you know? But I think we're just so busy all the time. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway. Well, you said one thing that really rankled me in that, which is, which is you said that um, essentially, not verbatim, but you essentially said that a robot isn't going to know human pleasure. Mm, I thought about that. I disagree, but. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, that was stream of consciousness. Sure, right? sure, sure. Yeah. So I don't so want to back nitpick. off. I don't want to nitpick. But. No, no, no. no. I, I, let's let's talk about that, though. Do you think really quick? Do you think a robot would see the purpose of experiencing that? I mean, I guess that's the whole well, break your brain down Blade runner and yeah. break your brain down to really fine parts. You know, just keep mm-hmm. going down and down and down. And eventually you get to us a, a very, very small part. And eventually, we'll be able to take those very small parts and assemble them however we want. We could assemble them into a brain, and a brain mm-hmm. that is identical to yours. You know, this isn't the mm-hmm. distant future. It's a given, basically, that this, if we don't kill ourselves, this will happen, right? Mm-hmm. That will be synthetic. I mean, it's not natural. Mm-hmm. And it'll be able to have all the same experiences you do. But what happens when someone dies and you look at a body... And they're no longer in the body. I mean, this is where religion comes from. Everybody looked at life. They looked at a dead body and they said, man, I felt so much stuff during my life. This can't possibly be the end. And somebody who had just taken drugs walked up to them in a robe and said, oh, it's not. It's definitely not. Mm -hmm. We're going to go and join our ancestors in the sky or go down into the earth if you're bad. And Mm -hmm. there you go. But see, okay, there's a little sliver, John. There's a sliver of time that you kind of rushed over where the guy who had just taken drugs was like, this isn't all there is. And it's between the point when people are like, we need something more, and the point where religion is established and they start trying to use it to control people. There's this sliver of a moment where it's like, there is something more. Let's explore it because it's awesome, and you can figure it out. Like, if you, that to me is the, that's where it all is. I don't give a shit where you think you're going to go that no one knows. Even the Bible is heinously clear about the fact that you don't know. Like Jesus used the word, talked about the concept of hell, I think like twice. And once he was quoting somebody, you know what I mean? So it's like, that's just religion. The other time he was talking about the DMV in Jerusalem. <laughs> yes. Ah, that's a good one, John. Okay, what's your spooky story? Give me your spooky atheist. Just kidding. You're not an atheist, but give not me the give me the materialistic version of a of of what we're talking about. Okay, so what's the spooky story? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so um this involves my children, so I want to be slightly cryptic. Ooh. But um one of my kids told me uh, a year or two ago that he had this dream, right? <clears throat> He had a dream that a giant eye was following him and t- talking to him and like telling him stuff, you know, and it really mm. fr- it upset him a lot. You know, it's a nightmare, whatever. <clears throat> okay, so flash forward to yesterday. We go to church and as we do, and we actually went to basically the sister church of the main church that we go to. Mm. And it's bigger and it's kind of packed out and we're actually up in the balcony. My whole family's Mm. sitting up there and my son sitting next to me. He's pretty young. 
in while the preacher is preaching, you know, it's kind of this for kid. He's not really paying attention that closely. It's kind of like a droning voice in the distance Mm -hmm. and it's a big echoey church. And and my son starts to get like agitated, you know, and he turns to me and he's like, obviously distressed. And he says Mm -hmm. to me, this, the voice is the voice of the eye. And he's like, it sounds just like the voice, the I voice telling me to do stuff. (laughs) And I just about shit my pants in church. It really spooked me. That's a lot. So, you know, I. Did he want to leave? No, he was fine. And I I said, shut Mm -hmm. up, sit there, listen, you know, something like that. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't say that. Um, I said, tell me more. And I pulled out my notebook but you know i i take that stuff kind of seriously you know i believe mm-hmm. in signs and omens and i don't think that we're i sort of espouse this view jokingly but i don't think that we're just on some rock like hurtling through space i think there's mm-hmm. much much more going on and which again I, we've hinted at this i mean even physicists are finally getting to the point the the event horizon of sorts where they're realizing, well, like, before that, we don't know. Before the Big Bang, we don't know. After the Big Bang, we don't know. And by the way, in the meantime, we really still don't know what 95% of the matter in the universe is. Mm. That's crazy. Mm. I mean, so to me, it's not a matter of... Religion is such a distracting borderline pointless thing half the time when what we're really talking about is like the same stuff everybody's always talked about. It's like, what does it mean that there are a good trillion stars and that we're just floating around one of them? You know, that's nuts. Yeah. It's scary. It's lonely. And you look at the dog, man. I mean, I was thinking about my dog and his injury and your dog and your situation. You look at a dog and you're like, yeah, this is better in some way. But then you think Mm -hmm. about it and you're like, if I'm like the dog and I just croak and that's it and I compost in the backyard, Mm -hmm. what am I doing right now? Why am I like paying my mortgage and going to pick my kids up at their friend's house? Like I should be a damn good question. Yeah, I mean, it's a really good question. I, I, to me, I don't kind of- know that I... Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't know that I want to go to Tahiti, but it does make you question why you're grinding. I mean, dude, I have those awakening. I mean, that that is the awakening that I'm talking sure. about. It's those moments where I've thought, wait, okay. I am a some sort of sentient spirit that is temporarily spending most of my time in a body on a physical planet. <laughs> but but there is something else, and I get little glimpses of it, and I have this weird connection to other things and people that is even more mysterious, but really not all that different than like electromagnetism or gravity. I'm transmitting a color. I'm thinking of a color. I'm transmitting it to you. What color is it? Well, I don't know that we've developed that skill enough. You just know? try it. 
I'm sending it to you right now. Say color. Let's let's make this real, John. Just really, I want you to. We're doing this a little too flippantly. I want you to really focus. And and are we talking one of the primary colors? Yeah, primary color. Okay. I am really focusing. Blue. Yep. That was it. There you go. I don't know. I mean, was that a coincidence? I don't know. Is 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 hmm. it? Does it matter if it's a coincidence? I mean, it's probably, it probably is. Wow. In some, I don't know. It surprised me a little bit, honestly. Me too. <laughs> I saw blue. <laughs> you nailed that. I, I had no question. I didn't guess. I want to just say this for the record. I did not guess. I saw in my head. I was like, mm, I'm going with blue. To be clear, I'm in Chattanooga and Zayas in Los Angeles. Yeah, I saw blue. And I'm in my creepy basement staring straight ahead at this crusty old blue door. Mm. And since I've been staring at it, I've just been transmitting the thought. Blue, I'm staring blue, at a white blue. wall. Interesting. So, okay. All right. Yeah. Now we're getting somewhere. I just think. Let's go play the Powerball, you know, baby. Here's the thing. I just think all these people who didn't, all these philosophers and all these other people who we, for our own convenience, because we want to be the top of the food chain and the top of the intellectual pyramid for all of history, we we create this narrative that we are the smartest, most intelligent, most insightful people that have ever existed. And I just don't think there's any evidence for the idea that our brains have even changed that much. No one thinks our brains are all that different. It's just the access to information we have. So when I start to think about the fact that all the smartest, wisest people didn't figure out all the smartest, wisest things by having electron microscopes and hadron colliders. They had observation, powers of observation. They looked at the stars. They looked at water. They looked at all this other shit. They looked at human behavior. And none of our wisdom about any of that shit has really changed that much. Like, that to me is evidence enough that they weren't dumb. There's plenty of evidence that they weren't dumb. And all of them believed that there's something beyond what we're feeling right now. I know I sound like I'm preaching at you, but I'm really just excited about this concept because I think we're getting to the point where we know so much data and it's not answering any questions. It's only digging deeper into the rabbit hole. And we're like, well, it just keeps going. You know, like, I mean, dude, the fact that, I don't know, I think physics is just such a great example of this. Like, physics is no closer to disproving the concept that I'm not uh, to me, the whole, like it's such a semantic argument. I think is what I'm trying to say is God real. Well, it depends on what God is. If God is this like very mysterious sort of source of energy and light and all this other crap that all these crap <laughs> that all of these other wisdom traditions kind of say it is mm. physics doesn't have an answer for all of that. Hmm. So maybe it's God. Just baby, don't call it God. I, I've gotten in the habit of calling it the principle or the source or Tao because I think God is. But you so, know why people have a problem with this? I mean, especially in our tradition. Well, it's because religion because of, is, is frankly, uh, a problem. I'm not saying it's always well, it's been a problem. It's, that, it, we, it, we've outgrown it, I think. I think we're beginning to get to the point where we've outgrown religion. Because there was a point. What do you mean religion? Well, the point where I have this idea that I, I have been reading about. And I, I think, so for instance, there was a point in human history where we needed laws like don't murder people. 
and not just we needed punitive systems to make sure that people, but we needed to actually educate people that like, like, like there was like, don't beat your slaves. And if you do, here's what happened. You know, if you put your slaves eye out or someone else's slaves, eye, it's like, we needed rules for that. Now we're at a point where we're like, we don't need slaves. You kidding me? It doesn't mean that they don't exist, but it's like we're evolving as a human race, I think. And we're getting to the point where these didactic rules are and and this concept of like I'm going to scare you into heaven that's ridiculous that's completely ridiculous mm. no one ever changed their behavior based on that in a permanent way it's it, addiction is i think to me addiction is the most wonderful example of what sort of what christians and and lots of other religions would call sin it's this thing you do that you don't want to do but you do it anyway you, you Mm -hmm. to me and no one ever got clean because they got shamed into it that isn't how it works and that's the go-to tool for most religions you know what i'm saying so i think to me spirituality or religion true religion as certain parts of the bible would say true religion is religion that's kind of like yeah like we're gonna kind of like me writing a letter to myself it's like yeah like this is something i want to remember because I'm not always going to feel this way. It's nice to have it in a nice compact form, but it's mm -hmm. not dogma. Dogma is pointless. I'm sick of dogma. It never helps anybody. It just creates wars. You know, that's what I mean by religion being outgrown. Mm. Could I be convinced though? What were you going to say? Could I be convinced? Is there something that science could do to prove to you that it is just a material world? I, I mean, Sure. I mean, but that's even, it's an onion if, if though. Well, okay. Question... Let, let's get really philosophical and define some terms. You know, it, sure. when we say prove, is this like in a court of law beyond reasonable doubt? Or are we talking like physics laws, like proven and even those, I mean, even gravity has exceptions. So, I, and this is not a critique of of science. This is just a reality that I think all self-respecting scientists would would agree to is that our record with unshakable laws is zero. Mm. We have zero of them. Zero things that we are 100% convinced about. Even things that are highly highly consistent like gravity and the way it behaves all changes at certain scales and at certain speeds. And so to me, I'm thinking, well, shit, if gravity's off the table, we're not even close to proving that the physical world is all there is. You know, like we don't even have the basic laws of gravity figured out. We don't even understand how electromagnetism works on a like really true, we don't understand what, we, we've never even really seen an atom. We can't do fusion. You know, there's like yeah, big but, shit that's okay. not figured out. Uh, of course. But it's also sort of like the guy saying in the 1800s, like the moon might be made of cheese. Like we'll never go. We'll never find out. <laughs> and then we go and we find out. Sure. And it's like, okay, yeah, so, there are a lot of questions, but there's also a lot of time coming up. Oh, and so imagine sure. there's some crazy advances and they answer every question. Obviously, I don't think this is really possible, but right. just as a thought experiment. Okay. So, and it's proven, pro you know, proof positive. Like, right. 
the Christian version of this, the inverse of this is like, well, if God came out of the sky and said to everybody like, yo, the Bible is true. Jesus was my son. And everybody on earth simultaneously could hear this guy in the sky. People still wouldn't believe it, you know, and that's probably true. But um, OK, so let's let's assuming it was sat, you know, satisfactory evidence. Sure. I, I still don't think people would believe it. You know, well, I think they would still think all this woo woo shit and be like conjuring spirits that they sure knew but weren't real again back to open minded physicists i think most of them believe in what well okay i heard neil degrasse tyson once basically say magic is just science that people don't understand you know like at sure. certain points in history there were certain things that people did that were considered magic because no one else understood how they were done and so I think that answers. But hold up, yeah. That uh, pre that just presupposes, though, that other types of magic magic are not real. I don't know that that's. I don't know that. He, I don't know what he's saying, saying essentially. But what I would okay, go ahead. Recap what, what he's, he's saying. saying. Basically, is that when the guy figures out how to make phosphorus. Mm -hmm. And he now has this burning substance. He can trick people into thinking it's magic until everybody figures out that secret. Okay. But, okay. but if there's somebody actually conjuring spirits, which Neil deGrasse Tyson would say is not ever happening. Sure. But if they were actually in reality, that is magic. And it's okay. a type of magic he would disc discount entirely. Okay. But answer this, John. I don't know. I, I don't know John, Neil deGrasse Tyson's brain. But my question for Neil deGrasse Tyson is. Yeah, let's get... Can we get him on the line, you think? <laughs> no. Gosh, that would be not. great, wouldn't it? All the, yeah, right. He'd be like, who is this? Ah, oh, man. Okay. You could tweet... He's a prolific tweeter. You can yeah, tweet at him. tweet him. Let's take Conjuring Spirits. Let's, we, this is such a big topic. We got to narrow it down, sure. right? We got to narrow sure, it down. Yeah. Let's, pick a, let's pick a venue. You know, let's pick a, a, a topic. We're, we're talking about Conjuring Spirits. Or let's just say communicating with spirits. Sure. Communicating with spirits. Okay. Let's think about this, John. There are credible physics-based theories, granted very far-flung theories, but there are real scientists who are exploring concepts like string theory and the multiverse, right? Hmm. Now, granted, we do not know how they work, but there are mathematicians who are trying to make sense of unexplainable, and I put that in air quotes, things, and that's about as close as they've gotten. So my question would be, what if we find out that quote-unquote conjuring spirits is actually someone who, by some sort of natural gift combined with a certain amount of focus and all these other things— has somehow figured out a way to effectively tap into an aspect of the quote-unquote physical universe that no one else, or not no one, because plenty of people claim to do it. Sure. We just think they're but crazy. Not, not most, yeah. Not most, but most people, most people cannot play basketball like Michael Jordan. And totally. most people cannot write a good screenplay. We can, booyah, but most people can't because they haven't put the time in because they don't have the natural ability to lead them in the direction of trying it in the first place. I can't do math that – I can't create a nuclear reactor with a 
fucking piece of paper and a pencil, but someone mm. did, right? right? That's magic. Sure. Splitting an atom is magic until you understand how it's done. And uh, you know Graham Hancock, who we really like, you know, uh, mm-hmm. he's a he's like a anthropologist, archaeologist. I don't even know what he calls himself, but he basically says like there there's every well you and i love this kind of shit there's stuff in egypt that is Mm. to us still kind of unexplainable it's like these giant granite boxes that make no sense they're Mm -hmm. like 10 feet tall and like 20 feet long and even with modern tools they're an incredible feat of engineering and they're clearly thousands of years old at least and we have absolutely no idea how they were made how they got there who made them why they made them what they were used for we know nothing now right his point is maybe we don't know all of this stuff because we like look back and we're like well the egyptians had these that we look at their pottery and their forks and we see that their level of technology was this he's like if we judged our society based on our fucking forks, we would look like <laughs> hunter-gatherers. We would look like right. barely recently established civilizations because our computers, and for that matter, nuclear science, is a secret. It's magic. It's effectively a religion that is highly, highly protected because it's very, very powerful, right? And so my mm. question, to bring it back, is sure, Okay, I could absolutely be convinced that the quote-unquote physical world is all there is. But my question, and the reason it becomes a semantic argument for me is, what is included in physical? Because if physical includes dark matter, and it includes electromagnetism, and it includes gravity, and it includes light, which we still barely understand, and it includes electrons and all the other things that are completely bizarrely confusing to all of us, despite all of our modern science, if it includes all of those things, then my guess is that the further science goes, and this is an exciting prospect to me, the further science goes, the more we're like, oh, that's what that was. You know, mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah, that that was magic. Now it's science. And we're just going to keep getting to the point where we're like, that was magic. Now it's science. And even to the point where we're like, that was God, and now we're realizing it's kind of science. But my guess is that there's always going to be an event horizon. You know what I mean? Like we, st- sure. I don't know that we'll ever find out what's on the inside of a black hole. But how is a black hole any less magical than an atom? Like my body is made up of atoms, a thing no one has ever seen. And we, you know what I mean? Like to me, that's just the same like spirituality even is just a plane of existence and maybe angels or whatever you know like to me angels uh, i don't see any reason to believe that they're not just kind of like working on a different plane like a fifth dimension that doesn't make sense to my brain because my brain is highly limited in its ability to understand things like that that's kind of my answer to that i would love to be proven wrong quote unquote about all these things proven wrong meaning I'd love to just get more insight on it. I think it'd be freaking sure. rad. Well, I always assume that we're not nearly as smart as we think we are. And, mm-hmm. you know, I always I just so. go back a little bit to even medicine. Mm-hmm. You know, the whole leeches thing. People oh my God. That was like writing... 150 years ago. Yeah, George Washington, all these people, they had leeches on them. It was standard practice. And that was like, just to put that in perspective, that was like... The early period of the early period of the early pharaonic period of early Egypt. You know what I mean? Like that right. 200 years 
was like a blip of a blip of a blip sure. of a blip of one major dynasty. You know, that's crazy Absolutely. to think. About. Okay, keep going. Well, it's just, you know, there's a whole system and institution around this. Like somebody used leeches. They wrote a paper about it. Somebody else tried it, wrote papers about it. People wrote books. They started stores. You know, this is not just like some crazy practice. And now you think about science and there, how many discredited theories have piled up that have for a long time had, um, you know, academic papers, books mm -hmm. written about them, lecture circuits done about them. It's like, we don't know jack shit. And if, well, yeah. you know, in a thousand years, people look back, we're, this is going to just seem ludicrous to them how foolish we were. Totally. Unless, and, 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 oh man, some people think this is pessimistic, but it just seems likely they're going to look back and think those guys were dummies unless or because of the fact that we kill ourselves and in and, and, and a tiny, tiny, tiny remnant of the current population survives whatever catastrophe we inflict on ourselves. Right. <clears throat> and we lose all of the knowledge except for like, you know, Graham Hancock kind of talks about this idea that like, well, okay, so there I, I should back up. This is something that you and I want to do a podcast on, and huh? I oh I can't wait to do it. But we're gonna do a whole podcast. We're thinking about calling it. This might sound crazy, and it's gonna be a lot of these kind of conversations. But it's things like this might sound crazy, but there is rapidly mounting archaeological evidence to support that there were highly highly advanced civilizations operating living spread out all over the globe before the last ice age which ended about 12,000 years ago ish huh? my date <laughs> which some people are like oh cool whatever i'm like dude that's a fucking huge paradigm shift because to your point john well what do people think now people don't what's the common thought well the common thought is that everyone living before the ice age was a hunter gatherer mm -hmm. that's basically the ex i mean dude the smithsonian every establishment including every major religion i would say has i was taught for instance in 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 all of us were taught in school that civilization began with ancient sumer about what 6000 years ago we have an insane amount of evidence that is rapidly piling up not humanity is, but just civilization no 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 civilization yeah. did i say humanity no, no, no. You said civilization, oh, oh, oh. Just but it's an important yes. distinction because 6,000 no, years is Oh, the, yeah, like, because we, we've known for a while that, exactly, the creationist thing. But what's crazy is that even the scientific establishment has not really been able, they've been able to say, yeah, humans have been around for like for a really long time. Right. But, for instance, there's a huge, huge paradigm shift happening right now. And, again, it hasn't really trickled down to, quote-unquote, kind of mainstream but there's this whole concept of Clovis first, which is basically this idea that the people who who established the Western Hemisphere, North and South America, mm. came across the Bering Strait when it was a period of uh, the Ice Age when there was a bunch of water dry or sucked up in the ice, and there was a land bridge, right? Yeah. That's been the established concept. Well, now they have traced genetic links, direct unrefutable genetic links between people who lived 
unrefutably like carbon dated by like all the most modern technology and a lot of different tests and all this kind of stuff. Mm. People who lived in the Amazon basin 12,000 years ago, there weren't supposed to be people in the Amazon basin 12,000 years ago. Not only that, those people were building cities. They were building things that people, and, and by the way, the genetic evidence directly links them to people from Australasia, which is basically people from Australia and yeah. Southeast Asia. So people the were evidence, People colonized the Amazon River Basin over 12,000 years ago. That's barely even a theory at this point, and it's rapidly becoming an accepted fact, which is bonkers. That changes everything to me. That changes literally everything, and it's exciting, but it's also wild because it's like, if that if we're if we can be wrong about that, we can be wrong about all sorts of stuff. And so to your point, yeah, like I I mean I don't know what we're gonna be wrong about. Uh, we may find out that our whole theory of gravity was a really clumsy, a well-meaning but incredibly clumsy effort to explain something that works completely differently than we thought. Right. For instance, mental health. You know, I read, I heard a really great interview with this lady named Kelly Brogan. We talked mm. about this a little bit over text. She was on Rogan. Kelly Brogan on Rogan. Uh-oh. And she was talking about how, like, you know, people act like our our theory of mental health is so well-established. Well, 80 years ago, we were still really in the dark ages of mental health. Now we're kind of in—now, I would say, she would probably—I think she would say we are effectively in the leech stage of mental health still. Right. We're like, oh, yeah, hit her head with a hammer— a.k.a. a pill that makes you a different person, just smash them over the head and just make them different. I mean, we were doing frontal lobotomies in, like, the 70s. That's literally, like, just uh, that, yeah, just a disconnect part of his brain, and uh, he'll be fine. Shock and therapy, dude. People are still getting we, shock therapy. We don't know shit about how the brain works. We're barely just now getting to the point where they're like, dude, this is literally neuroscience right now. They're like, Oh, yeah, like uh, when you think about math problems, that part of your brain looks like it lights up, like a Christmas tree. That's about where neuroscience is oh, right now. Some guy spent his whole life figuring <laughs> that out. Hey, that's great. It's progress. But it's sure as hell not scientific fact yet. Right. Like, you know, I mean, we still think we understand germs. It's still called germ theory, not germ law. You know, like mm. the flu vaccine doesn't work. It fucking never works. We're always wrong about it because we, you know, it's just like we are kind of not as smart as we think we are, which you've said. And it's there's really some exciting to me to work. figure out like, oh, maybe there's another way to figure this stuff out. We're really good at certain things. Yes, we absolutely. are so good at like we're so great at computing and this oh, and like engineering, engineering, computing, I mean, the buildings we build building are shit. absolutely ridiculous. Ridiculous. And so we're, you know, you mentioned it, but so were the, you know, ancient people were too. Obviously, Giza, there's tons of incredible mm -hmm. ancient shit. This is something that's really hardwired into us. And um, technology, dude. And, you know, all, a lot of that stuff is easily lost. Like you think about what right. Amazon or Microsoft or Apple or, mm -hmm. um, you know, any of these big computing companies, most of their, their assets, you know, are, right. or I shouldn't say most, but a lot of their assets are digital assets including money. money. You know there's a great Rick Dude. and Morty episode where he wants to take down the intergalactic empire and all he does is infiltrate the system and change the value of their currency from 1 to 0. Exactly. And the entire thing falls apart. Exactly. <laughs> well, it's, it's great. 
It's so realistic, though, in a weird way. Well, I was reading about Jeff Bezos. Somebody was mentioning, you know, these how oh, these guys are so rich. And I was just thinking, it was like, you know, I don't know how much money this guy has in his bank account. But all that number, that hundred billion, that's based off a of stock primarily. Mm-hmm. And that guy's and not if he were to sell it all, it wouldn't billion. be worth a hundred. No, hell no. So no, in he, reality, he, he, he couldn't because the market could not support it. It would be like the great onion onion future short. Exactly. You know what I mean? To be like back. Did we talk about that one time? There were so many onions. Some guy shorted the onion market. Right. And fucked everybody up so bad that the 50 pound bags, the burlap bags that the onions came in were worth more than the bag of onions. (laughs) Like that's what could happen to Amazon. I mean, granted, he owns a lot of goods and things because Amazon is is a materials based company. But still, it's not $100 billion worth of goods. You know, most of that's the brand. Yeah, it's a fiction, essentially. I mean, exactly. nobody, nobody's even going to be, if he could sell $50 billion, nobody's going to deliver that to his house in right. cash. It's a No, f- it, it wouldn't fit. It's a fantasy. And, you know, again, we think we're so clever to figure this stuff out, but it's, eh, come on. Right. It's a right. bunch of bullshit. Well, I mean, it, well, no, I mean, the, the, the concept of the corporation... I don't. I didn't know this until recently. That was invented. Oh sure, the, the Dutch, Dutch invented yeah. it. They invented. They were like, hmm, we need a way to buy and sell things without actually moving shit around. Hmm, let's call it a corporation, and we'll just like it'll be like a person. You know, it'll be like a person that owns things, and like you know, it's just like what's well, so simple, but it's it's a human concept. And by the way, again, it was invented like what three hundred years ago. Sure. You know, I mean, it's four or five i don't know it doesn't really matter very recently yeah i mean i think it's all fascinating because i do think okay john what's the answer this maybe there is no answer maybe you know it i don't know what is the difference between fusion and alchemy for example fusion 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 is the concept because basically what happens in the middle of the sun is it's so hot that atoms are fused together and create it because Basically, my understanding, at least, is that the universe started as all super hot hydrogen, right? Sure. It was just hydrogen, single atom atoms, I mean, single proton atoms. Is that what a hydrogen atom is, right? It's just one proton. Yeah. And they're just floating around the universe. It's super hot. And then all of a sudden, stuff starts to, you know, that's the sound of the universe at the beginning. All these atoms coming together. And there was probably no sound, but they're all coming together. And then they make these big masses of stars and they get even hotter and they're spinning around. And then they get so hot that like eight atoms, eight hydrogen atoms are like, and they join together and all of a sudden you have oxygen. And then they're like, and then they spit like 46 oxygen atoms out into the world. And then, you know, eventually you have enough oxygen atoms to make some other shit. And then you have one that's carbon and then you have one that's all these other things. That's fusion as far as I understand it. So what's the difference between what's happening in the center of the sun, which is basically like different stars? You know how they te- you know how they tell what stars are made of is because of the sure. way it interacts with light. So different stars make different; they shoot out different right. metals and stuff, right? And so that's basically when stars explode, they shoot out a whole bunch of crap, and that's what made up our planet and us. And so you get cobalt and you get uranium. You get that all sounds these other ridiculous. things. And you explode. I mean, I know this is I'm pretty this sure is what they're saying is the case, but works, just you though. explaining that, I'm like, I'm just picturing this in my head. I'm just, this sounds like complete horseshit. <laughs> yeah, exactly, like some small it's magic, dot bro. of gas. I mean, whatever. Yeah. So, what's the difference between that and alchemy? Fusion but, and alchemy? 
Yeah, what's happening? Sure. It's happening in the middle of the sun right, right, right now. Right, right, right. Is that the sun is making new things because it's so damn hot that it's making new things. And alchemy is the same thing where it's like, I'm going to make lead into gold. But I'm going to add about, some protons about, and make it a new thing. What's the difference? One is magic, one is magic, and one is physics. The thing about alchemy, though, is it's right? not about turning lead into gold. That's a well. That's the easy one. No, 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 no. But that's it's a metaphor. Mm. It's a metaphor. Well, right. It's well, it's a metaphor for fusion. I think it's a metaphor for improving your life through magic. Mm. Newton was one of the most famous secret alchemists. He knew this. I mean, there is a there's a public persona that they put out there. They were wise mm-hmm. guys who were interested in science and improving themselves, and they would go to these rich, greedy-ass princes, and they would say, hey, we can turn lead into gold. And the guys mm-hmm. are like, great, come in. We'll set up a court for you. And they would go in there, and they would do their magical shit that had nothing to do with turning lead into gold. Mm-hmm. And they were doing all kinds of weird, strange practices to improve themselves and potentially live forever. Shit like that. But yeah, it had very little to actually, I don't, I mean, okay. they, they claimed that. They claimed that that was the point. Well, no, that's a really sensible theory. But yeah, we I can mean, do that. Basically... We can turn, we can turn lead into gold right now. I mean. You can do it in a lab. You can do it okay. easily. It's expensive. It's more expensive though? You could do it gold. in unlimited quantities, unlimited, but mm. it's it's extremely expensive because you need very special equipment. But yeah, you can do it. AKA, John, alchemy. It's extremely difficult and it's not worth it for 99.99999% of the population, right? That's what Newton was doing. That's what those dudes who, you know what I mean? Like to me, it's all the same thing. It's it's all true, I think is my theory. It's it's all true somewhere deep down. You know, like it's all hydrogen atoms. That's all it is. It's just protons and neutrons and electrons. That's all anything is, theoretically, except for light. See, that's the thing. It's so fucking confusing. I don't know. What's light? What the fuck is light? Do you know what light is? <laughs> I have no idea. What is a photon? There's an idea called a Boltzmann brain. We've talked about this in private before, but so basically if you have a, because we're alchemists, if you have a box (laughs) with gas in it, right? A box with gas in it, the Mm -hmm. gas in that box, you know, if it's a sealed box, will move around randomly forever. It'll bounce off each other, but but, but, but it's Mm -hmm. going every pot. If you give it enough time, a trillion years, the gas in there will go in every possible configuration, right? just that just makes sense it's bouncing mm-hmm. around randomly over time it'll yeah, all right, be in right, right. you know weird things will happen like it'll all be in one corner compressed really tight and then at various mm-hmm. times it'll be like totally all spread out and at other points it might come together in a weird shape that looks like a teapot this will all happen mm-hmm. you or know my face exactly my face or, or make my face or a functioning brain this will happen given mm-hmm. enough time and not just a functioning brain but a functioning brain that will have all of your thoughts that will have all Mm. of your memories up until this moment, this thing forms for a, the briefest of a moment, Uh, just these gases Mm. bouncing around, but it happens to form and it comes together in a brain that thinks it's Zay and is living on this earth that is completely manufactured Mm. just by these random things bouncing around. This is possible theoretically. And the, the theory goes, this guy put forward is that that's what we're all living in right now. Totally conceivable. And it actually has a, you know, it relates to the Big Bang in the sense that that's how they think the Big Bang started. 
that the gas mm. that is floating around randomly eventually given enough time will all compress into a point that mm. gets so hot that it expands extremely rapidly after that and then we get a uh, what what are we at right now 14 billion and they yeah. they think i mean how do they could do this math i don't know it's magic but they're like man we probably got another 20 billion years or whatever so yeah, like, till our sun dies. No, yeah, way right, more than that. Right, right, right. Yeah, well, and, I mean, not us, but like in general. Sure. I mean, our sun is like, who gives a shit about our sun? Right. Studies at the Oak Ridge Atomic Research Center have revealed that about 98% of all the atoms in the human body are replaced every year. Right. So, I mean. That's another old sheesh. question in, in philosophy. There's a ship that went out to sail. Right. And they replaced it part by part. So eventually, by the time they finished their journey, there were no original parts, but it still had the same form of the boat. Is it the same boat? Are all the cells in your brain regenerating? Yeah. That's why I'm saying consciousness necessarily must be separate from physical reality. It has to be. Nah. Otherwise, how? It doesn't uh, unless have to my be. brain is a hard drive. Yeah, it could be a well, hard my drive. Brain's just not, it's not it a hard drive. It could be sophisticated though. hard drives. And so when the parts are being replaced, it's moving things. And that's why your memory sucks and you have deja vu. And sure. A damn good hard drive. Oh, though. it's a hell of a hard drive. But I mean, seriously, it's not perfect, dude. You have all kinds of weird yeah. feelings and uh terrible memory. You know, people can't remember shit. Anyway, we gotta <laughs> we? we gotta wrap this up, baby. <laughs> okay, let's um, do it. We do. Um, all right, so I wanted to play you a song. Yeah, hurt me. This is uh you know what we haven't done in a while, John. We haven't done a salute to our Veterans? number one fan, Teddy Bronson. Oh Teddy Bronson. Teddy Bronson, this is for you. Little Bob Seeger. This is uh, one of the greatest sax solos of all. Time. Okay, boomer. Okay, boomer. All right. Well, on that note, John, this has been a delightfully enlightening and confusing conversation, and um, I'm very excited. I'm very excited to uh, to continue. That it song started and ended abruptly. <laughs>